Well, well, well. Good afternoon, everybody. Good evening. Good morning, wherever you are in your day. This is John Bonacci, the sales and influence coach. And here we are kicking off the third season of podcasts with Bonalife Radio. Listen to the good life. Hopefully you are in great spirits. And if you're not right now, we're about to get you in great spirits. We got an action-packed first episode today. And I am so lucky. I am joined by the big guy behind Success Profiles Radio. That's Mr. Brian Wright. So Brian, thank you so much for being here this evening. John, thank you for having me. It's an honor and a privilege for sure. For sure. I feel the exact same way. I'm sitting here interviewing you. You are known for interviewing the brightest, the best, the coolest on your radio show and your podcast. So hopefully over the next 15, 20 minutes, we can dive into a couple things with our audience. If you're listening, here's what you can expect. We're going to be talking a little bit about the definition of success. We're going to be talking a little bit about what separates the good from the great. And we're going to be talking about how you too can get some awesome people in your life to join your circle, join your audience, or become an even somebody that you interview on your show. So hopefully Brian can guide us through some of those answers and we'll jump right in. Brian, you've interviewed people from all over, from politics to, uh, to sports, uh, to straight up business success. Who are some of the favorite people that you've interviewed over the years and what were maybe a one sentence takeaway that you had gotten from your interview with them? Wow. Uh, uh, I've had over 200 episodes and so it's hard to pick one. It's a lot like picking your favorite child. You know, <laughs> well, I, I you think, have 200, it makes it a little, little bit harder. As yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. But I, I promise it's not like that. Right. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, I would probably say, uh, gosh, Darren Hardy was amazing from success magazine. I interviewed Bob Doyle from the secret this week. That's right. I've interviewed Jack Canfield from the secret, Dr. Jean, Bar- Dr. John Martini. I've interviewed Rich Franklin, former USC champion, Rich Franklin. Oh, I'll yeah, tell you Franklin. one thing. That's a great yeah, one. he was wonderful. He was really amazing. I would say one thing that tends to separate the super achievers from everyone else is execution. Okay. Quick execution. Everyone has ideas. Not everyone acts on their ideas. Some people, I think, get to the idea stage and they start to censor their idea. Oh, maybe this isn't a good idea. Maybe I shouldn't do it because what other people might think, or what if I can't do it? Well, I feel like a failure if I try and they don't succeed. Failure is a part of success. Everyone who has succeeded has failed many times, sometimes heinously, <laughs> absolutely, massively. I mean, some of my guests have gone through bankruptcy, business failures, divorce, short sales, uh, homelessness, and just because that is a situation that they've been in doesn't mean that that's where they're going to end up. Your past does not dictate your future. And so I would encourage anyone who's going through a difficult time right now, just know that this is not where the road ends. It's not, especially if you don't let your road end there, you have to make a conscious choice to change some things. You are where you are because of choices that you made or choices that other people made to affect you. But this is not the end of your road. You can change your situation by thinking differently and executing differently. And so people have ideas, but the superstars in life are the ones that execute very quickly. They understand that just because an opportunity is in front of you right now doesn't mean that same opportunity is going to stay there indefinitely. It's most likely not the case. And you may think, well, another opportunity will come down the road. Yeah, probably, but it won't exactly be the same. And you don't know if it's going to be better, but you just need to execute. If you have a master plan, a master purpose in life, 
and your task is to figure that out, uh, then if something comes along that aligns with that task, I think that's just a sign from God, the universe, or whatever you believe, that you should jump on that. And uh, Richard Branson says, when an opportunity comes, you say yes and figure out how you'll do it later. For sure, for sure. I love the fact that when you talked about who are some of the big names as opposed to jumping to some of their success stories, you right away wanted our audience to connect with some of their not so glamorous points in their careers right. to, to develop that kind of inspiration. I absolutely love that. You know, I got to imagine that when you started interviewing these people, all the way to today, I imagine your definition of success has changed. What is yeah. your current definition of success as we stand today? And you've gotten to learn about these people that have been in the down and out and yeah. raised themselves up through execution. Yeah. I'm going to paraphrase Tony Robbins. I haven't interviewed him, but I have interviewed his son, Jarek, and he's amazing. Uh, Tony Robbins, his definition of success, which I really agree with, has to do with the idea of doing what you want, when you want, however you want, with who you want to do it with just basically without restriction and doing that in such a way that it doesn't infringe upon the rights of other people. Of others. Yeah. Okay. So how has that definition changed for you or how have some of these influential people that you've interviewed changed your definition to now where you can quickly say, you know what, it's what Tony Robbins said about being yeah. where you want with who you want, when you want, that is the definition of success. Yeah. How is that? I think, a lot, I think a lot of people's definition of success is formulated at home when they're living with their families growing up. Uh, if, if your parents were happy, regardless of what was going on, whether you had money or not, whether you got to do things or not, if they're, if they were happy, I mean, obviously we want to see our parents as being successful. We want to put our parents on a pedestal because that's who we look up to. That's our role model growing up. Mom and dad are our role model growing up. So whatever drove them is probably how we're going to define success as we're growing up. Some people were fortunate enough to grow up in a household where there was lots of money everywhere and money was never ever an issue. And so they attached success to the idea of having a lot of money. But I, I think that that definition has evolved, especially as I've interviewed some of these really super successful people and they're not doing it for the money. I mean, they, they rose from a place of, of maybe not having so much to having a place of having a lot, but now that they have money, the money's not the thing. It's, what is fulfilling me? What is my legacy going to be? And I think really highly driven people think about their legacy and how many people they can impact. It's not about how much you have. Uh, giving has a lot to do with your success. If you've been given much, then there is an obligation and a responsibility to give back. And I think contribution becomes very, very important to highly successful people. So to whatever degree that you can contribute to the world, whether it's whether it is money, whether it is time, whether it is your resources, uh, whether it's your knowledge, helping people. I mean, I've had people help me uh, at, at, in my journey free of charge, and I'm so happy about that, and I've taken full advantage of that. The idea is to pay it back, and there are people that I have given my resources to very freely, given my time to very freely, and it makes me feel good because I feel like I'm paying it forward, not paying it back, but paying it forward. And so I think success has a lot to do with fulfillment and contribution and making a difference and leaving a legacy in the world. And so I think my definition has probably evolved from, to the long answer to your question, my definition has, has evolved from having things to doing things that help other people. And I think having that's a very important shift. Having things to doing things. 
That's something I definitely want to repeat, right? You said your definition of success has gone from what you have to what you do or who you are. Or, yes. That's, that's amazing. You know, because if you're going to, if you're going to achieve greatly, like if, let's say you want to become a multimillionaire and you're not a multimillionaire now, the things that you're doing now aren't going to get you there because the things you're doing now have gotten you where you are. You are going to have to become somebody else mm -hmm. to achieve the goals that you have. So who do you have to become? What character qualities do you have to have? What kinds of things hold you back? Identify those things that hold you back. If one of the things that holds you back is that you don't like speaking in front of people. If you don't like confrontation, if you don't like to negotiate, well, guess what? Super successful people do all of those things. Yeah. And if you decide that you're not going to embrace the challenge of figuring how to do those things out, there are going to be limits to what you're going to be able to accomplish. You can probably get further than where you are now, but if you really want to reach the stratosphere of success, whether it's financial, whether it's from a place of contribution, whatever that definition for you is, there are things that you are currently not doing, or maybe that you don't know how to do, or maybe that you've been afraid to do, that you're just going to have to learn how to do. That's right. You know, it reminds me of a phrase that I've taken from Keller Williams, be, do, have. Yes. Right? You have to be first. You'll be able to do. Once you can do, then you shall have. Keller and I know that- a great organization. Phenomenal. And, uh, you know, another great quote I learned from my graduate school days is you should always be giving. And if it's not money, it should be time, which means yeah. that nobody has an excuse on this planet not to be right. giving because right. we're all sharing in this time clock together. Right. So here's my question for the people that are out there that are saying, you know what? It's easy to create momentum and contribute and make massive impact when you have these resources, right? That's the easy answer for people to jump on and say, well, of course, Darren Hardy or Tony Robbins build schools. Like I would build schools too if I had $50 million. What are some common tenants that you have uh, scooped out from these super influential, successful people? Not about what they do when they're on top, but when they are face down in the dirt, when it's on them at that moment to start to be and do something different. Mm -hmm. So they can have something different. Yeah. What do they do or be or become that stands out to you that helps them pick themselves out? Like Tony Robbins, I loved listening to him on stage talking about when he was on the beach and he was kicking the sands and he was frustrated and he decided he had to be someone else. Damon John, love hearing his story of going to the 27 banks to go out and get uh, the resources he needed to become a businessman as a young teenage guy overnight so he can have so he could have his his apparel brand yeah. what's happening in that moment that you're seeing that people are not quite picking up I think there has to be an unwavering belief that you can do it and that you deserve it you have to if you are talking about being a millionaire for example you have to be a millionaire in your mind First, you have to believe that it's possible for you first. The thoughts come before the actions. You will ultimately act on the things that you believe or not believe. And so all of those people reached a point where they realized this is, this is it. I have to make this happen right now. And knowing your major definite purpose, knowing what it is that you are meant to do with your life and figuring that out, which is really task number one, and then moving in the direction of fulfilling that is really, really huge. And if you don't have money to give to build schools, well, maybe you can, like, for example, Habitat for Humanity, maybe you can volunteer to help them build a house for a day. Maybe you can 
uh, introduce somebody to somebody that, that they need. I mean, one of the benefits of doing my show is I've gotten to interview a lot of really great people, and someone says to me, I wish I knew more about this topic. Well, guess what? I interviewed somebody who's an expert in this topic three weeks ago. Go to my website, Success Profiles Radio, and listen to that show, and you'll hear a great hour-long discussion about that topic. And usually all my guests give websites or email addresses or some way to get a hold of them. So if you want to connect with them and join their tribe, you'll have an opportunity to study further with that expert. So I love connecting people who need to know how to do something with people who already know how to do that something. I love that. That, that gives me a lot of joy. I can hear it. I can certainly hear it. Yeah. Uh, you're right. The ability to create content just uh, or even connect others is massively value to yeah. massive value to many people. I have a large group sales coaching tribe uh, with yeah. a couple dozen members, and I'll be the first person to say that the members in my tribe are not just members because I'm the sales coach. They're right. members because of the relationships, the connections, the energy, the emotion, the collaboration. These are all resources or gifts that they get that are not money. Right. Of course, yes, I'm going to help them increase their sales and money's going to show up, but it's these mm -hmm. other gifts that they really focus on. I want, to, I want to segue into more of a little bit business talk for our people that are listening in and saying, awesome, man, I'm, I'm laser focused. I'm ready to go. I got my business going. I got my health habits in line. How have you been so successful in going out and recruiting these people with very, very uh, purposeful schedules? to join you for a half hour, an hour, whenever you choose, so that way you can share with the world all their secrets and, and awesome ingredients. I think certainty of purpose has a lot to do with it. The person is the most confident and certain wins, and Tony Robbins says this. So having absolute certainty certainly works in your favor. And the more successful people I've interviewed, the easier it has gotten for me to get other successful people. Of course. Social proof is everything. Once you get one big fish, and you can say, I interviewed this person over here, Jack Hanfield, when I interviewed him on my show, he actually said, on my show, you interviewed a lot of my friends. And I said, yes, I have. And I <laughs> smiled deep inside. I bet. <laughs> and, I bet. And, and, and when I uh, was pitching Darren Hardy's team, I was able to name drop like crazy. I've interviewed Laura Langmire and Bob Berg and James Malinchak and Jack Canfield and Dr. John Demartini and Rich Franklin and on and on and on. He know he has to know who at least some of those people are, For sure. and the social proof is well. Gosh, if they went on his show, oh, I guess I'll probably have a good experience too. The other thing that I also did was I directed them to my website. I have a testimonials page on my website, mm -hmm. and a bunch of people did audio or video or or written testimonials for me. And so there's a whole page they can see tons of social proof of people who had a great experience on my show. And so I think that was probably the clincher. And the thing that I think really sent it over the top is I was willing to tell them and send them a list of the questions I plan on asking him in advance so that he would not feel surprised or ambushed. And that's not how I am anyway. But sometimes people just need to be in control. And so you just kind of let them and appease their preferences and you just go from there. Hey, we're talking sales here when you're talking about right. that. We're talking about speaking in the language that people want to be communicated in. Uh, mm -hmm. We're talking about two things that I really want to talk about. Um, hold on one second. Let me make sure there's no interruptions here. Perfect. Perfect. So there's two things that you mentioned that I think are really crucial to talk about specificity mm -hmm. and social proof. 
Mm-hmm. And for that person that hasn't hosted a podcast yet and who doesn't have the social proven testimonials, the first part of what you said I think is crucial is that specificity of what it is specifically you're bringing to the table. It's the same advice I've been given people who are looking to launch their seminar and public speaking career. One of the things that's made me successful going in uh, and securing opportunities to speak in public hasn't been my social proof. Yeah, I got a fair amount of testimonials and social proof on my brand, but specifically speaking to large audiences, I didn't have that social proof. So how was I able to get in the door? By being very specific about what I was bringing, the exact title of the seminar, exactly the benefit that the audience would get, the three or four steps in the, in the presentation that were going to be my hammer points. And by being super specific, it allows people to really visualize and make tangible what it is you're trying to bring to the table. So I yeah. think that was a great point if you're out there saying like, well, heck, I don't have social proof and I don't have testimonials. Now, if you do go in and you have that specific program and mine is called the 90 day sales jumpstart, right? People understand when I say 90 day sales jumpstart, they understand it's going to be strategies over a three month period that are going to help you increase your sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the same thing with sales in terms of social proof and testimonials. So many people now are using social media to generate their sales. And what happens is people will go into messenger or they'll, they'll go in something and they'll, they'll try to get a sales appointment and maybe they're successful. Maybe they're not. And then for the next couple of weeks and months, they wind up just asking the same question over and over and really just hounding on their leads as opposed to taking all these different touch points as opportunities to share testimonials, share social proof, share an interview I did that should probably help you for free. Here's an article Mm -hmm. I wrote. This should probably help you for free. Here's Mm -hmm. a a relationship I have. I should probably connect you for free. There's so many other ways to provide value in the follow-up process. And you spoke about two great ones, social proof and testimonials. Absolutely. And, and one thing that I'm doing now is I'm helping people write their book and I'm generating my leads on online, not paid ads right now, just organic Facebook conversations. And one of the things that people do with me that bugs me is when they're trying to sell me something or, or help me with something is every time they reach out to me, it's about that thing. I'm like, no, stop it. Let's build a relationship, earn the right to ask me for a sale first. Don't try and sell me on your thing on the very first conversation. Just don't find out if I'm even a candidate first before you assume that I am just because I'm in the same face group as you are, or just because I liked your post. Yeah. You might think that's a lead, but uh, not necessarily, not always. But I'll tell you what, when I follow up with people, it's not always to ask about the sale. It's always, oh, I have, it's just like you just said, I have this thing that might, that might be helpful. Go ahead and look at this. Continuous or value. here's a Word document that describes what I do. I don't know if I got all the way through this last time, but here's this and, and do that. Or I filmed a short video that talks about one of the topics that we addressed. It's like a minute and a half long. I'll forward it to you. Here it is. Let me know what you think. That's right. That kind of thing. And so it's like, I'm not asking for the money. I'm selling without selling. That's right. If you listen, if you keep putting water in the pool, it's going to overflow. Yes. And so it's the same way. If I'm looking at your Facebook page and uh, you're having a challenge, it's a perfect opportunity for me to reach out and give you something of value that helps you. That's going to move our conversation along and allow you to open up. Mm-hmm. One thing that, that I'd love to address and you and I, I think would both agree on this uh, is that the quality of your relationships and interaction are directly correlated to the quality of your questions. Yeah. So by asking those great questions and I teach my clients to ask a lot of what and how type questions early on in connection 
to be able to understand where it is that you could even help because yeah. so many, we're seeing so many entrepreneurs that are passionate that are trying to dive into helping somebody that doesn't need their help and mm -hmm. they're getting discouraged and they're quitting and they're going back to their nine to five and they're getting frustrated. You know, why aren't I able to build my network marketing team? Why aren't I able to build my own home-based business? Why can't I be a coach, a public speaker, a podcast host? And the reality is that people are not asking enough great questions. You told me a quote, I, I, I believe this was the one that you introduced me to about Jeopardy, right? Life is like Jeopardy. All the answers are out there for all of us, but it's the people who ask the right questions. Um, that what, can you, yeah. what can you share with us about the ability to ask great questions and how you've seen that, uh, that concept play out with some of the people you interview? I think that's really great because one of the things I do is just in terms of making the conversation as organic as possible, if they say something that sparks something, I'll ask about that. Now, I've got my list of questions. Mm -hmm. doesn't mean I'll get to use all of them. In fact, I very frequently have questions left over. My goal for a one-hour show is to have 20 questions, wow. knowing that I'll probably get to 14 or 15 of them. And the beautiful thing is if I have them back, then part of my show for next time is already planned. So there's a method to my madness. Love it. But, but uh, yeah, I, I think... A lot of times, I mean, there are some common themes I like to explore. Uh, usually I ask people about their background, their backstory, what they learned and overcame and how they got to where they are now. Usually there's a rock bottom moment in there somewhere. And so I want to identify that with them and figure out how did you get from there to here? What changed for you? Sometimes I like to ask, have you always known that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Sometimes people are in families where that's not encouraged and they just have to take that leap of faith on their own or based on examples they saw outside their family. Some people are fortunate enough that entrepreneurship was very much encouraged in the home because their parents, one or both were. And so the path was easy for them. Some people never had a job. They just went right to network marketing or they mm -hmm. went, uh, you know, they, they formed a business while they were in college or something, or they worked for somebody for a while that was doing what they wanted to do. They, they sort of took the apprenticeship route, although that's not what they really called it. Sometimes they work for someone knowing this is not what I want to do. In fact, I want to do the opposite of this. How does so that make it into it? Yeah. Yeah. But in terms of the questions, I try to ask questions that I think other people will want to know the answers to. But sometimes on a more or less selfish basis, I view this as my personal coaching session with the person that I'm really admiring for my whole life. And this is my one-on-one -on -one coaching session for an hour that, uh, not paying their rate for, <laughs> but right. everyone gets to eavesdrop on this coaching session. And so sometimes that's how I feel about it. But knowing full well that the topics I'm asking about are topics that probably resonate with other people too. If I have questions about something, someone else probably does too. This is one reason why I was never afraid to ask a question in class when I was in school because I can't be the only dummy who has this question. Well, so I'm, I'm just glad that you were able to forge that mindset for yourself, right? Yeah. It's the difference between the salesperson that when the phone is ringing, they're saying, am I going to bother this person compared to the person that as the phone's ringing, they're saying this person, when they pick up, they're going to be so excited to talk to me. Mm -hmm. Same exact thing is happening. Just the way that you approach it. So there's so many, right. if you're listening out there and you're sitting there and, and you're like, Hey, I'm the opposite. I'm afraid to ask questions. The only difference is there was a small mindset shift where you actually thought by asking your question, you would serve everybody else, mm -hmm. and it mm -hmm. did. So I thought, yeah. I thought that was pretty brilliant. You touched on a couple of things. You talked about answering questions that were self-serving in a way, right? It was almost like mm -hmm. getting free coaching. You talked yeah. about addressing rock bottom. What are the other components of, let's call it the, uh, the recipe for a great podcast? Mm. The recipe for a great podcast. 
Well, first of all, I have learned that it is not all about me. Yes, it is my show, but it's not all about me. People are not tuning in to listen to me talk. They're tuning in because of the guest or because of the topic. Now, what I do is I have the first three minutes or so to myself. I introduce the show. I introduce a thought of the week, something that I, you know, something I went through this week or something I learned that I think other people might benefit from. And then I read the guest's bio. And then about three minutes into the show, then I finally bring them on. And sometimes the guest is there to be in the show. And sometimes my producer is still trying to find them. And so I'm thinking, because uh, it's a live show. Yeah. It's a live show. In fact, I had one guest who completely stood me up once. Uh, that's a, different, a story for another time, I'm sure. But uh, that, was, that was interesting. Uh, trying to get my way through the first segment. And thankfully, there are commercials in my show. And so I uh, spent the first segment of that show talking about the interview I had with Dr. Jean, Don G, Johnny Martini from The Secret the week before. And then I told my producer, I'm just going to proceed as if my guest is not going to show up. And I had been working on an info product that I never released. And so I had probably about eight or 10 pages of notes. And so I pulled that document up and started talking about stuff from this info product that I never ended up releasing. And I sailed through the rest of the show. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So I guess be ready for the unexpected. Be ready for the unexpected. Yeah. <laughs> Might be part of that. I had somebody, uh, well, this applies more to live shows, but have a show in your back pocket, meaning have something that's already recorded, already recorded just in case, or have a rerun prepared anyway. Now, if you're pre-taping your show, sometimes it's just a matter of rescheduling it, which is fine. I've pre-taped episodes with people who are too insanely busy to meet my schedule. And so I offer to interview them at a time that is more convenient. And I just make sure that my producer is on board with that. And he usually is. Fair Somebody enough. usually can. Yeah. So that's, that's important too. What else can I share? Well, let me ask you about the turn of the coin. What's yes. a common practice in podcasts that you actually don't think is serving the audiences or the podcast creators? Or what's a common yeah. mistake that's being made in the podcast industry that's keeping people from growing their podcast? They make it all about them. They're not spontaneous. They're reading their questions from a document. Boring. And, and I, ch I chalk it up to as to these people are beginners and have just never done it before. They think that anyone can do it. I mean, the, the barrier entry the, the barrier to entry is so low right now. Is that anyone, RSS feed? <laughs> yeah. Anyone can host a show. Not everyone should. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, you have to be dynamic. You have to be charismatic. You have to be able to carry a conversation, especially if your guest turns out to be a dud, which thankfully I've not had very many of those, but I've had, well, this is, this happened much more in my first year than it has since it's been five years now but I had a couple of guests who would just answer the question and stop talking. And I'm thinking to myself, are you done now? That, that's your whole answer. Hmm. Interesting. And so then I just move on and it's, it's almost like a really bad date where you're carrying the conversation and the other person has no, no contribution whatsoever. Yeah. And then they act all surprised that you don't want to go out with them again. Really? Were you, were you even me? here? How is that possible? Of course. Were you even, are you <laughs> oblivious? Did you really? <sighs> for sure. Let so ask you, anyway. Uh, you know, you make a great point. You got to be ready for anything. You got to be ready for different personality types. You yeah. got to be ready to have different types of varied content and be charismatic. And, yes. and I take a lot of pride in being able to interview whoever comes in, whether it's an yeah. NBA player or if it's an mm -hmm. author. Um, what yeah. are some things that we should expect from the future of podcasting 
the future of collaboration in the internet space. Where do you see things going? Well, I think collaboration is absolutely key. People, some people are just so caught up in competition. That's a scarcity mindset. That implies that only one person can win or very few people can win. But you know what? If you have a purpose, if you have a goal and you are working to achieve that goal and you get there, you win. You win. The pie is big enough for everybody and collaborations where it's at because I've interviewed a lot of people who have a much bigger tribe than I do. And so that means that I get to be exposed to, to their people, which is a huge win for me. The win for them is they get to promote their thing. Now here's the thing. I almost absolutely require that someone have something to promote. Other people just go on the show just, you know, just for fun. But these A-list people, they're not doing this for fun. If you watch the tonight show or, or Conan or Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon or whoever, you notice that these people who come on their shows all are promoting something, whether it's an album or a film or a book or whatever, they aren't there for fun. I mean, it might be fun, but that's not why they're there. And one thing I learned by interviewing Darren Hardy, he did his interviews uh, to promote his book, Entrepreneur Roller Coaster. Mm -hmm. I had a friend several months later say, can you connect me to Darren Hardy? And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll put a feeler out there. That's not the thing too, because people start wanting you to connect you to That's all right. their A-list people. That's right. And so I reached out. I said, I have a friend who has a podcast. This is what it's about. Is Darren available? Darren's not actually promoting anything right now. I'm like, ooh, there's a big lesson. If you want to reach A-list people, reach out to them at a time when they're actively promoting something. There you go, listeners. There's a little nugget. If you are looking to grow your podcast, we talked about things like specificity, social proof, and clearly timing has timing. had a big impact. Wow. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this. Let me put myself out there, right? Season three for me. This is my first show going out alone. I've had a phenomenal co-host for the last two seasons. Okay. What could I have done better to serve you as our speaker, set you up for success, and to make sure that our next speaker is even more at home, considering you're such a pro. And I love putting myself out there for my audience. Yeah. You know, I do my show solo as well. And so I've never had a co-host. And so I think you're, and I, I don't know the history of your show in terms of how that went with a co-host. I think you will have an opportunity to serve the audience in the way that you see fit by doing it yourself. So I think this is exactly where you should be. There's a reason why you are in this position at this time in your journey. And so, and this has been a, a great show. Oh, I for sure. I'm thrilled. But you felt good about the whole totally. getting the questions before the interview. You felt like we warmed the pond totally. appropriately. Awesome. Totally. Because there's a whole different dynamic when there are two people that are hosting the show at the same time. How do I know when you're done talking? When should I talk? Are you going to ask a question that, that is going to embarrass me or, you know, that, that kind of thing. And, and I wasn't worried about that on this show at all, but I think there's a whole different dynamic when you have two people hosting a show and it, you, you have to have excellent chemistry with that other person in order to make it work. I mean, you take a look at uh, like ESPN, Mike and Mike, they've been doing this for years and years and years. They obviously have a very excellent chemistry. They're polar opposites of one another. One is the athlete and one is uh, the Metro <laughs> pretty much. Fair enough. And it works. It works because half, I'm sure some of their audience identifies with one more than the other and vice versa. 
But no, in terms of what could you do differently? No, you're good. Seriously, love it. I love it. Well, I knew we were on fire live. I wanted to make sure that some of our intel before the show was up to standards. Because if I'm going to go out and get Darren Hardy and Tony Robbins for for the show this year, I need to make sure that I'm exceeding expectations. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you a great question. Speaking of those awesome authors, what's maybe a resource or even a book that you feel like is completely underrated? out there that people need to know more about underrated. I don't know about underrated, but I'll tell you one of my favorite books is the success principles by Jack Canfield. Okay. I think it's a pretty comprehensive personal development resource. It's got, I think 67 chapters. The 10 year anniversary edition has 67 chapters in it. And every one of them talks about some personal development. One of them is about taking personal responsibility for all your actions. One is about finishing your incompletes. One is about assessing your relationships um, associations, just, just so many different topics. And if you read the book and do the exercises, you'll have a pretty good feel for who he is and, and for who you should be. And it'll really help you define where you want to go from where you happen to be. So I, I think that's a really, really excellent resource. Cool. Well, what would you share with people out there who are still looking to cultivate that habit of reading? And the easy answer is right. Go, everybody wants to talk about go find audible and Mm-hmm. Go listen to Audible in your car. And that's the easy answer to help people yeah. consume more books. But the people who really want to cultivate that habit of turning pages and licking their fingers and creating that, that time in their day for themselves, yeah. what, what advice would you give for that person that doesn't naturally and normally read, maybe at a level that perhaps you or I or Tony or one of those guys does? Pick shorter books. Pick shorter books. I mean, so Jack Canfield's book is 400 pages long. I spent all of 2005 reading that book and that book alone. And I didn't quite make it through that book three times. So, I mean, I had a commitment to reading that book and trying to implement what I was learning in that book. But I'll tell you what, I mean, I've got two books out there now with a third to come. This book, Success Profiles, Mental Toughness and Sales, is based on three interviews from my show. Jeffrey Gittimer and Eric Lofholm are in this book. This is a 64-page book. You can read this in an hour. So if you can find... Break, break the thing down into something smaller. If you want to think about reading a book, don't pick a big book. Pick a smaller book and just spend an hour or two and you'll be done. Another suggestion is YouTube. Uh, I mean, if you don't want to sign up for Audible, you can find a bunch of Tony Robbins stuff on YouTube. Uh, uh, Les Brown, Brian Tracy, any personal development or any, any author, you could probably find, they probably have a YouTube channel. They've probably done tons of videos. And it's about producing content and repurposing content. You know, sometimes people have their live events that was videotaped and uploaded to YouTube, or at least portions of them. It's almost as good as having spent thousands of dollars to go, except you can sit at home and enjoy it while you're on your computer or on your device and, and listen and watch that. So I think YouTube is, is a, a wonderful resource and it's, it's free, still free. So still why free. not? I mean, I found... Do you remember Tony Robbins' product, Personal Power and Personal Power 2? Yep. That were on those infomercials back in the 80s. Personal Power 2, I think I found in its entirety on YouTube. 10 not hours. A bit, not a bad score. 10 hours. I haven't listened to all of it yet. But yeah, that is an excellent score. Um, gosh. I love what you're saying, though, about finding something a, gold a little mine. bit more digestible for yourself. Find something digestible. Find short books. I mean, there are lots of authors out there who will have shorter books, not necessarily only 64 pages. My other book is 96 pages. It's a student leadership book. And my third book, which is coming out soon, uh, Conversations with High Achievers, is going to be based on 
12 interviews with A-listers and Morgan James Publishing is going to be doing that book, that's probably going to be closer to 200 pages. But you're reading 12 interviews with, yeah. you know, Darren Hardy and Jack Canfield and Laurel Langmire and Bob Berg and just all those people, Tom Ziegler, uh, Don Green from the Napoleon Hill Foundation. You can't go wrong with any of that. If I'm not mistaken, I think this book is a compilation of uh, Tools for Titans. From yeah. Tiffers, right? I haven't quite broken into this. This is not yeah. your average read here. Um, no. But if I'm not mistaken, it's the same concept. It's a compilation yeah. of those stories and whatnot. Yeah, and, and Tim Ferriss's book is is different than mine is going to be. Uh, and I, I did thumb through it. I haven't bought it yet, um, but I did thumb through it in Barnes & Noble. And, and so his book is organized very differently from mine. And uh, he included excerpts from all 200-plus interviews, and I'm just picking my top 12. Not too bad. Guys, regardless of which book you're looking for, we're going to have Brian's books uh, on my website over at johnbonacci.com. So that way you'll be able to get your hands on them and you can maybe have your first book of 2017, a nice short read. You know what it's all about Mm -hmm. for sure. Brian, I want to give you a great question. This is me speaking uh, across generations. I have a ton of admiration for male figures that have 20, 30 years on me that have had tremendous success. I have been uh, naive, lucky, and smart enough to surround myself with influential smart men my entire life who put their arms around me. What is the best advice that you'd give to young men who are looking into this marketplace as 21 year olds in 2017, uh, where the, the landscape for careers is significantly different than it even was 10 years ago. What's yeah. the best piece of advice that you give some of our younger listeners that, that are, you know, some of my athletes, some of my clients, yeah. how can we serve them? That is an excellent question, and I actually address this when I do my talks, because this will age me a little bit, but I graduated from high school in the 80s, and you think about some of the things that we have now that we didn't have in the 80s. There were no cell phones. Computers were still in their infancy as an industry. Uh, the, the iPhones, there were no such thing as that. Wait, you didn't have Facebook in 1985? You sure? No. No, we didn't have any of that. No. I mean, social media, the internet wasn't here. I mean, how, gosh, how did you, how do you meet people without the internet? You go outside and you talk to people. That's what you do. But what I told people was you are here in you know 2017 and I graduated from high school 30 years ago. There are things that you have now that I didn't have when I was your age. Industries that were not invented yet when I was in high school. In a very similar way, there will be industries 20 years from now that many of you will be working in that have not been invented yet. So the key is to develop skills. Communication skills will always be in demand. Marketing skills will always be in demand. Sales skills will always be in demand. And you're smiling because those are the things that you teach. So I'm you are smiling perfect- so big. The first video I ever made, if you go back on my YouTube, is worry about your skills, not about your resume. Yes. And so, John, you are perfectly positioned to help the next generation as we evolve technologically because you teach the skills that people need and they transfer across all industries. So learn the skills that transfer across all industries that way you will never, ever have to worry about your career. Amen. Amen. Love that you said communication, one of the top skills. Brian, before we wrap up the show, how can people learn a little bit more about all the amazing contributions you're making to the marketplace? Fantastic. Thank you for asking. My website is www.brianckwright.com. That's B-R-I-A-N, middle initial K, 
W-R-I-G-H-T, BrianKWright.com. My show can be found at successprofilesradio.com, and that's my show page on the TogiNet uh, radio network. You can also find me on Facebook. I will be glad to friend you. Let me know that you heard me on John's show, and I will be glad to connect with you, and I also do have a, 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 a fan page on Facebook for Success Profiles Radio as well. Awesome, and all books, when should we be, when should we, when should we be expecting the, the latest one? I am hoping sometime in late spring or early summer. Okay. Well, we'll definitely keep a lookout. Brian, you are always, always welcome back on the show. I can't thank you enough for getting some time. We had some amazing takeaways today about uh, cultivating habits for reading, what separates the good from the great, how you can contribute, how to navigate some fears, advice to different generations. So Brian, absolutely thrilled. Thank you so much for your time. And have a great day. Guys, if you're listening in, we're coming back heavy next week right here on Bono Life Radio. We got another phenomenal interview. You'll have to check my social media pages to see who it is. But they're fired up. I'm fired up. And now Brian's in our circle as well. I hope you all have a great rest of your, your drive, your commute, your night, your morning. Listen to the good life, guys. Enjoy. It's Coach Benach. Have a great day.